let the carving begin. Hey, this is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley. Howdy. And 16 other people like last week. <laughs> um, I was pleasantly surprised with the audio um, quality and turnout last week for Bennett like Beckham. We had Jamie and Jen calling in um, Derek off in the wilderness as usual doing something, but it sounded great. And that was a really fun time. But this week it is just Ashley and myself. Wah, wah. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the appropriate response. New release is a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. We are on episode 155, which is pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, pretty strong, pretty strong. Yeah, um, and since we time-travel, Ashley, uh, where the heck are we this week? Well, we're in mid-March of 2023. Oh, so just present day. So we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're really, we're we really making it. use of that time traveling budget. Um, well, time so travel far, next week. It's fine. Yeah. So far this year, we've actually um, been time traveling more in a sense because we've been going back and forth from 2003 to 2023 rather than settling in. It's like now that we're just at college and we have like a Tuesday, Thursday schedule you know, yeah. it's easy to, uh, and we have free rent at the dorm. We can just bounce back and forth as much as we want to see cool movies that are coming out in present day, as well as what's coming out um, in the glorious early aughts. So, Ashley, what's um what's in theaters this week? It's tickling your fancy. Yeah. So the latest installment of Scream, Scream Six. <laughs> Yes. Just came um, out. And it's in 3D. You want this in 3D, which I did. You saw it in 3D, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear about that. Let's play the trailer and then jump right in. All right. Hello. Hello, Gail. Did you miss me? You've been in my life for so long. You want to try and finish this? You're going to die screaming. I'm something different. Scream only in theaters March 10th. Okay. (laughs) There was, we, um, that wasn't the 3D audio trailer, but I did watch the 3D trailer and it like crops it so that the ghost face head is above the letterboxing like so they can kind of like mm-hmm. make it fake look 3d in the in a flat trailer but that's really interesting i w- I saw 3d showtimes for this and i was like that's dumb um but was it dumb <laughs> was it cool <laughs> was it cool um it actually wasn't as cool as i thought it was going to be i guess i expected to be more like pop out kind of stuff but it was just kind of like subtle like the focus was more on one person than the other or like okay. the background blurred and they would stand out more it was less like here's a knife and like blood. I thought it'd be more like splattery and like that kind of effect, but it was not. So yeah, it was Friday the Thirteenth really Part Three, 3D that mm-hmm. we watched. That's the one yeah. that you saw. Yeah, 
that had it both ways where I thought it was really cool just like when the um laundry sheets were like blowing in the wind <laughs> and like you know like it had wait was it a Halloween movie wow why am I you you're the only one that saw it in 3D I thought it was it was Friday the was 13th Jason yeah, yeah 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 it was um I was just thinking of the the laundry scene in in Halloween but they had a similar scene in Friday the 13th because it's a derivative <laughs> franchise and it added a lot of depth, but they also had like when they were passing the joint around in the car, the joint comes out at you like into the audience and then more <laughs> gory versions of <laughs> things like that throughout. So this was more just like the depth of field exaggerated. Yeah, they didn't put a lot into it. I thought I was hoping it'd be more like the movie you saw because it seemed to make a huge difference, but I could have seen it without being in 3D and it wouldn't have changed my opinion of it, I don't think so. Interesting. Was the did it make like you wouldn't really be able to tell the difference, but did it feel like darker or blurrier because of the 3D? It did at first because the 3D was broken. So ah. like our glasses weren't working at the beginning. So all the trailers were just like, um, I feel like these aren't working correctly. And so we had to go and tell the like the person doing the film reel or whatever, and he fixed it. That's always fun. There were so we, many reports. Yeah. Like obviously Avatar just came out, third biggest grossing movie of all time. Um, Avatar mm-hmm. 2 and I saw that no issues at my screening but a lot of reports of <laughs> issues and and people either not realizing it or realizing it and having to alert the theater it's never fun when you want to like you're waiting and you're looking around to see if other people are going to go or you yep. have to be the ones so okay well yeah we wouldn't we went and got like different glasses because you're like well maybe it's our glasses so we tried like six different pairs and it was not our glasses so Okay, well, Rocky it was only the start, first few minutes of the movie, <laughs> which is a really good uh, screen. The Scream franchise is known for these um, opening sequences. Of course, the the iconic one with Drew Barrymore and the in the phone call mm-hmm. and the popcorn popping on the stove and her eventually getting her guts ripped out. Um, yep, this movie has like a riff on that. Did you get to see the whole opening sequence with Samara leaving? Yeah, I got to see it, um, but just in kind of like a weird blur. <laughs> um, so I still my, saw it. It was just like a little hard to focus with your depth of field being kind of all over the place. Since this is a newer movie, um, we don't usually give spoiler warnings because we're talking about movies from decades previous, but um, we're going to spoil everything in this movie. There are, you know, <laughs> all the screen movies have big reveals with who the killers are so that we'll talk about um usually the characters that appear in the opening sequence are um doa and i I didn't even realize samara weaving was going to be in the movie but as soon as i saw her i was like well (laughs) that's why she's in the movie and and didn't really promote it because she's gonna die um so yeah. and she's a wonderful actress. So I was excited just to see her, even though it was for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen uh, Ready or Not? Yes. I was movie? actually telling my friend um about that movie right after this one because I was like, you have to see it. It's so good. It's the film there's a um, filmmaking duo, I think they're a duo called Radio Silence, um, that that directed these latest scream movies. And that's kind of was their breakout before they got the the scream projects. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, they're connected to her, obviously, and they um, like the horror genre. But did you did you find that opening scene the kind of like 
date uh, phone call and then misdirect fun. Yeah, I like that. I also liked how they immediately showed you who the killer was. You're like, wait, what? Yep. <laughs> you took all his mask and you're like, well, yeah. But <laughs> I thought you're like, never do that. And you're like, well, there's got to be something going on. Obviously, he's not going to survive either. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just right up front, I like for the most part, when we're reviewing something, either again, it's really old or if it's new, we we record as soon as we watch it. Um I really enjoyed this movie and I wasn't seeking out any other reviews or information, but I, I did um, listen to one other podcast and they were all pretty um, negative on it. And oh. they, yeah, so I think we're going to, well, I'm going to be very positive overall, but there were a couple things that they pointed out. Like it was really cool how they, showed the killer right away what a what a interesting like new approach to like this mystery this who's the killer mystery <laughs> except it's not mm-hmm. because that's right. not the real killer <laughs> and they you know i, I thought it was a good twist well, I mean, on the opening someone, sequence so yes that was a good a good twist on the opening sequence because we see the fake killer or we see an aspiring killer get killed by the real mm-hmm. killer um yeah later in that sequence so that was fun um it's also set in new york which sort of uh, on paper (laughs) apparently they filmed it in (laughs) vancouver so there i mean like i want to get some of these nitpicks out of the way just because they're fresh in my memory but Mm -hmm. what was your overall just kind of reaction to to the movie and how the franchise has been rejuvenated i love it (laughs) yeah I mean, I, and I like the two sisters a lot. Um, I saw Scream Five or the Scream before this one, I guess Scream Five, and I really like that one as well. Um, I just keep going Scream movies, and you're you know what to expect, and yep. I got what I wanted out of it. Like I don't expect it to be like anything too crazy. I expect like the killer or killers to be kind of like off the wall, weird story. We're like, oh, like, it could have been them, but I didn't think it was them. Like, and then you find out who it is, you don't really care that much. Like yep. I could have less who the killers were. It's just like fun to watch the kills and watch like the movie progress. So like, I got exactly what I wanted. I walked out and I was like, this movie was great. <laughs> I 100% agree. And um, yeah, if you're looking for a shocking reveal, you might get it if you don't ever suspect any. Ca- I mean, <laughs> you suspect every character at any point. Yeah. So therefore, you can't really rule anybody out or in. I mean, as the movie progresses, you you can sort of narrow it down to like basically the two police characters were my prime suspects, like halfway through yeah. the movie. Um, either yep. um, we get uh, Hayden Panettiere as Kirby returning um, as an FBI agent. And then we have um, what's the guy's name? Detective Bailey played by uh, Dermot. Dermot. Uh, Mul- Mulroney. Mulroney. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so they both seem like so connected to it to where they could be suspicious. And once you once the movie kind of zeroes in on one, they flip it around and you know have a twist to the other. But I mm-hmm. I agree, like it's not that's not really the point for me. It's more the commentary on the horror franchise at this point. I mean, everything is a little bit of just a remix and regurgitation of the Mm -hmm. tropes and the meta commentary that's been established in the other movies there's no way any of them are going to live up to 
you know, probably one or two. And then things kind of go up and down <laughs> from there. Yeah. But I, I think the biggest revelation of the last two movies is is the new cast. Like you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. uh, this is only a year after Scream 5. And the um, the amount of <laughs> career, the career trajectory <laughs> of Jenna Ortega um, from when we saw her in Scream 5 to X to Wednesday to now right. yeah. is <laughs> like, you know, we talked about Mia Goth. Um, but mm-hmm. and there's obviously overlap with with X and Pearl, but Jenna, I mean, was in the, one of the biggest TV shows of of the year on top of of her movie career blowing up at the same time. So, yeah, um, <laughs> and she's I, fun to watch. I mean, I liked her and her sister. Um, it, yeah, thought they were great. Melissa Bar- Barrera. Yeah, and it's so like a, to see them the third. It's a diverse cast. It's the call themselves the the core four characters. Um, it's a brother sister. It's a what is it? A brother sister and a sister sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of sibling, <laughs> a lot of sibling action, and uh, it's just if if you're root like one of the big differences between this and the old school '80s slasher movies. We've talked about this a bunch might have argued over this about this with <laughs> a recent movie maybe it was cocaine bear which you weren't on it's just kind of like uh, are the characters just there is meat to slaughter um like the the killer <laughs> in the movie says uh the the fake first killer um he says mm-hmm. as soon as i stuck the knife in it was um uh, she became meat which was pretty yeah. disturbing um or yeah. are you like really invested in this new group of characters and i i am um i think that was the biggest complaint of the new of of the the um group of people i was listening to um that didn't that didn't love it um they didn't really have any investment in these new characters i actually kind of agree with them i mean i wasn't super invested in the characters too much i mean i guess if we're just talking about them i'm not invested but i I like yeah yeah yeah, I like them too. I liked when they're sitting at the dinner table and they're all excited about sleeping with each other. Like those core, the core four, um, I really enjoyed. The rest of them, I was like, I don't care about you guys if you die or not. But yeah, um, for some very interesting kills. So yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna run through some of the best kills in a bit. Um, as a as we do with these horror slasher movies as a tradition. Um. I'm just kind of like, yeah, as far as the the twists and turns and like, are they doing enough to warrant like having like what was new about this movie that that piqued your interest? Or like you said, was it just more of the same and you were you were fine with that? Uh, It's more of the same. I don't think you can really take a scream and make it so different from the other ones beforehand to where it's like, oh, it's like a new take it's really just like a take yeah like you said earlier regurgitated and then kind of like moved around a little bit and like changed up like the amount of killers and stuff like that but i'm okay with that i didn't really i don't go into expecting like a whole new movie i go into expecting it like a movie with the cool kills that are an interesting cast and i'm like that i enjoy watching on screen for an hour and a half so yeah they've they've kind of run through all the permutations of killer combos like 
oh, in the first movie, it was a big uh, shock that there was two killers and they could like, that's how somebody could be in jail and making mm-hmm. a phone call or, you know, like they could be in two places at once, seemingly. In this movie, there's a fake out death and that character ends up being one of the three killers. Ooh, there's a new one. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's three some of them. Of, in some of the movies, there's just one. Um, uh, in Scream 3, there's just one, I believe. And so mm-hmm. I think in the last one, there there's usually a pair just because it gives them the most opportunities to uh, rule for you to like rule someone out because there's killings happening when a character that is part of it is on screen. So they almost always yeah. have to go with this, this kind of multiple killer approach so that they can trick you that way. Um, and then the character like motivations, the killer motivations get almost flimsier the more times they <laughs> they the further they get removed from like Samantha Carpenter um is related to Billy Loomis, the Loomis, original yeah. killer. And then these characters That's her dad, right? Yeah, that's her dad. Um and these and she was dating the killer in the last movie and he was only wanting to get close to her because of his like horror uh, true crime Obsession. fetish or whatever mm-hmm. and now it's these are the family the two more siblings the siblings of the guy who was killed in the last movie plus their dad right yeah 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 so i but mean it doesn't really that doesn't even matter <laughs> no i mean i think what 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 is kind of cool that accumulates over the history of the franchise i mean it's not it's a little cheesy like they create this museum to scream yeah. in, in the movie that'll serve as the final <laughs> uh kill room or kill arena and mm-hmm. did you enjoy seeing like ghost face throughout the years <laughs> on display I, actually, I mean i like i like the history only because i haven't seen those movies in so long yeah. so for me then being like okay well, this mass worn in 1995 or whatever and like that was by this one and this one was killed killed the guy with the tv and this happened and i'm like that's kind of cool just for me because i just don't remember the movies that well but i imagine if you're like a scream watcher and you know the movies like the back of your hand you'd probably be like well this is stupid but for me it was great yeah they they even at one point have like um a cliche like fbi murder board up and they go through that the oh, yeah. that's that's why i i can remember which ones had one versus two because they show on the <laughs> right. on the board uh, and then they have, you know, characters. What's um? What's the sister character? The Sam? other sister's character? No, Mindy. Um, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I really like her. Um, she's mm-hmm. like the horror. She's like the Jamie Kennedy type um, horror fan who has like an encyclopedic knowledge. She gives in both of the last two movies. I think it's her. Maybe it was a different character in the last one that gives like the the monologue about, you know, what to look out for. Yeah, I think it was her because wasn't she the one that almost she almost died or whatever at the party they're talking about? I feel like she was the expert then too. The movie beforehand. A lot of people almost die. We'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she gives like, you know, in the first one or the fifth one, she gives the explanation of what a requel is. And now it's like, what's a Lego sequel? And then she goes through all these like (laughs) um, ridiculous labels that people have had to come up with because of all the movies that exist like this. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my favorite lines in this movie, I think, is right at the end of the opening sequence right before scream six flashes on stage 
uh, Ghostface is. Uh, do you remember what Ghostface says? No, I do not. Who gives a fuck about movies? <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Because <laughs> they're like, it's like their phone, their phone call, or I guess at this point he's in person with the guy who mm-hmm. was killing the people he wanted to kill, and so he, yeah, he's like saying that he wanted to recreate the movies. He's asking him why he did it. And there's little things like that that have the irreverence and the fun of the first movie. Mm -hmm. None of it's as new and inventive, of course, now that we're (laughs) six movies deep. But it's still... And now that like horror movies, when Scream came out, it like reinvigorated the horror slasher genre as a whole because we had just gone through a series of like really bad, like early nineties leprechaun style mm-hmm. um fun but goofy horror movies and where the the characters are like even um Wes Craven who directed the original is like making fun of himself with like where the Freddy character went to just be like quippy and, and campy and and like um more goofy than scary. So like mm-hmm. the original one was skewering that but also um indulging at the same time now we're just like i don't know in a spin cycle <laughs> it's kind of it it's kind of hard to know what to what to think um yeah i was telling the my friend brian um that i went to see the movie with that the original scream was like i thought was terrifying so like these aren't really yeah. scary to me anymore like there's new movies that like barbarian and like weird ones that are just like really scary in a different kind of way so these are just like good like fun like kill like fun kills movies you know they're not like scary anymore but i don't mind that Um, yeah totally i a friend of the podcast jamie who's not a fan of being like uh genuinely scared by horror movies (laughs) has embraced the new screen franchise so that tells you it's pretty safe for (laughs) yeah for you know like entry-level horror fans um or horror like (laughs) dabblers what did, <laughs> horror dabblers I like that there was there was a lot of news going into the production about um negotiations with um nev campbell sydney the mm-hmm. you know lead female um final girl from all the um all the movies leading up to this basically um and she was prominently featured in the fifth one but they mm-hmm. um, couldn't come to an agreement for this one and uh so she's just absent aside from like a mention that she's gonna just have a quiet weekend with her husband or whatever yeah (laughs) um so we get gail of course we lost dewey in the previous movie he was the og character that that got killed um none of the core four or gail uh gets killed in this movie right surprisingly yeah no none of them they all yeah. almost well, Courtney, Mason, his sister, they all almost die. So three out of the five are close to death. But no. Yeah, I mean, did that cheapen the stakes at all or reduce the stakes? The fact that they kept surviving, yeah. you know, yeah. s- multiple, multiple stab wounds to the gut. <laughs> well, yeah, especially with uh Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son, uh Mason Gooding. Oh, is Can that his like- son? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's so attractive. Uh <laughs> he is yeah, he's he a very, very beautiful man. Um, distractingly, though, I think. But anyway, he got stabbed so many times. Like, I don't know how he'd survive. That was surprising. But 
Um, and especially like Aunt Courtney Cox too. I was like, I feel like out of the three or the three people that were injured, you'd think that one of them would have just because it's like, okay, they all survive. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And the movie tries to like undercut that by saying when, um, when Mindy gives her speech, like all bets are off when it's a legacy sequel, any of the core yeah. characters can die, including the original ones. So they set that expectation, no which you could say like they're tricky, you know, they're subverting your expectations that they just set, but that's also a cop out mm-hmm. to say like, we don't. Right. I mean, they could have, I I think moving on from Sydney and Gail, like and and Dewey, um, whether they want to move on by killing them or they want to move on um, just plot wise is a good thing mm-hmm. at this, at this point, we've got our new core four. Um, yeah. But the fact that they, so they give Jenna Ortega's character and um, like this, this will they, won't they um, plot throughout the whole movie and they finally kiss and then he immediately gets stabbed by Ghostface. And that was like, you know, by both pretty... Ghostfaces. Yes. Yeah. By both of them, three of them, six of them, who knows? Um, <laughs> if you watched Black Christmas <laughs> three, the most recent one, Black Christmas remake number three, then. They just kept introducing like more and more killers at the end. It was almost like a spoof. Oh my gosh. Um, But um, (laughs) I I don't know. I thought that that scene had a lot of resonance and then they wheel him out on a stretcher at the end and he's fine. And of course, like it would suck to see his love interest and his sister mourning him, (laughs) but there's got to be some kind of like stakes here. Um, I know. I thought, yeah, I thought for sure someone would. But I think that in the next one, I have a feeling, because they keep putting it up, that Sam is going to turn into her dad and become a serial killer, which is cool. So, yeah, I I hope something like that happens. That's exactly what I was going to say. They also undermine that. So they could have left the movie on a cliffhanger of her holding, like, she's secretly kind of, like, takes out the mask from... um, the scene of the crime and she basically has to like channel her inner serial killer to defeat the bad guys in the end. And Mm -hmm. there's a a scene with her standing by her sister and she's like going to show mercy. But, um, Jenna Ortega, Tara's character is like, go for it. (laughs) And so she brutally (laughs) swipe, uh, uh, slices them up for, for five minutes and then, yeah, walks out. (laughs) And everyone's happy. I mean, it, well, yay! Um, Chad, Chad didn't die, and and you see her holding the mask, her father's mask, mm-hmm. her legacy, and uh, she drops it on the ground. <laughs> yep. Doesn't mean but it doesn't mean. Just, no. Yeah. I think it means that it'll appear in the next movie that she went back and picked it up or something. Sure, it, it absolutely it just, doesn't yeah. mean it couldn't come back, like you're saying. But they also could have not dropped. Like that could have been the final shot of the movie. Maybe that was yeah. Been that's too what I thought it was going to be, obvious. and I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't I, think they're going for not obvious at this point. So, like, I wouldn't have cared if that was the end of the movie. Right. Maybe I'm one. I'm, I bet I doubt they've decided. I mean, I'm sure they've talked about it, but I doubt they've like decided. Decided these movies have moved so mm-hmm. quickly that they yeah. like turned around the production of of the release, you know, within a year and they were still negotiating with Nev Campbell, like into the summer. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I don't know how, um, how late in the game they finalized the, the, the actual script, but mm-hmm. 
Um, one last thing before we get into the kills, and this was, uh, I, t- I touched on this and, and other places have pointed this out. Like one of the things they were trying to reinvent or, you know, use as a fresh injection into the story was taking it out of um, Woodsboro and this like small town into the big city. There's a subway sequence. There's, um, oh yeah. A bodega. <laughs> <laughs> did it and it's filmed whether it's filmed in vancouver or new york um like did you get any new excitement out of the new location i like the change of scenery i um i thought the subway was t- that was like the scariest part in the whole movie like the I, lights flickering and him just getting closer and closer to her i was like uh like that freaked me out a little bit that was probably yeah the scariest part so i like the change of scenery i think like the small town it's fine, and they're probably going to return to it for the next movie, but I liked them being in New York slash Vancouver. Right. This was, was this set on Halloween or like the days leading up to Halloween? Um, they on? went to a Halloween part, or I don't know if it was a Halloween party, if it was like a dress up party because it's like a frat. Yeah, but the I'm whole really city sure. was dressed up. Like, uh, the okay, cool then, thing yeah, about I guess that, it was Halloween. The cool thing about that subway sequence, um, you know, That's like the right. lights were yeah. the lights were flickering. Ghostface was like slowly like appearing closer, but there were other ghost faces in the mm-hmm. car. And there was a Freddy. There was a hell a really good oh, um, right. Hellraiser Penhead character. There were like all these horror horror you know um, shout outs in in costume form on the subway car, which was which was cool. Yeah, I kind of forgot it. I don't know if they actually mentioned it being Halloween. Maybe they did, but. Yeah, there were costumes everywhere. And Ghostface was like the number one mask to sell out after like the murders started happening. So they're everywhere. Like in the movie or in real life? No, in the movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> like I, I didn't, I, I, the way you said it, I wasn't sure if you meant that was a plot point or <laughs> that was oh, like. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. That, that's basically, I mean, that's one of the premises of, of the second sequel or the third sequel. Um, well, the third movie is that mm-hmm. like now there's copycats now like you're going to just see there's a movie stab there's like if you really think about this too hard it it hurts it hurts your brain or hurts mine at least like <laughs> there's these the series of stab movies that exist that like mirror the scream movies in the scream universe so there's another yeah. layer of like meta-ness and mm-hmm. maybe we need a, mul- a scream multiverse Ooh, is the next terrifying. is the next step everything Maybe. everywhere all dead at once yeah. all de- all murdered yeah, yeah i mean isn't it was it scream too that they had like the the massacre at the movie theater in front of stab movie while they're watching it Ex- yeah. i'm pretty sure yeah that's two and then in the third one they're making like it's mostly set on the set of one of the movies oh, being that's made because right. that's like the her director. bedroom and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's the director that is the is the killer in that one. That's right. Okay, well, um, <laughs> any any general notes before we run through the kills? Mm, I really liked it. That's it. Yeah, that's me too. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's it's fun if you're not going to reinvent the genre. If you're not actually going to be scary. One, you better have good kills, which we'll get to. And two, you kind of just have to like, like be entertained by the characters and the the moment to moment um, scenes. And I thought the sequences were good. I thought the like, yeah, whether I really care, 
I'm obviously rooting. I root, was rooting for some of the characters to more fully die, um, <laughs> but that's because I liked them so much. <laughs> I just want to see what's best for them in the context of the story, um, which is dying sometimes. <laughs> um, I just watched the body <laughs> episode of Buffy, and sometimes major characters need I don't to die. That to one. really, you don't remember? Um, it's it's what her mom dying. Oh yeah, yeah it's I called the body. Her mom di- I just. Don't- Oh, does Spike kill her? She just has a brain aneurysm um, or, you know, oh. like she had a tumor and she just dies of natural causes and Buffy comes home and finds her motionless on the couch. It's not like a, it's oh. not like an action sequence. It's a really unusual episode of the, of the show filmed in like different ways and stuff. So check it out if you're <laughs> if you want to see um uh, a very emotional death. But let's move into um a little mini version of Rank the Blank, sponsored this week by my favorite popcorn company. You might yes. be able to see the answer, but do you remember this growing up? Yeah, I do. I saw the answer. Yes, okay. I definitely remember this. Yeah. Here we go. Blast of butter, the ultimate <laughs> style butter flavored popcorn, just the way you like it. Oh, yum! Jelly time popcorn. All right, Ashley, can you explain what's so special about Blasto butter? There's so much butter on it that it's just basically <laughs> you're eating butter. <laughs> it's butter it's with crazy. a little bit of popcorn. <laughs> yeah, well, it's crazy because just when you think like every brand of popcorn orville redenbachers etc has like movie lovers or butter lovers uh, movie theater butter popcorn everyone yeah, movie has theater butter <laughs> every this one's in a category of its own um you know that that commercial was actually from 2003 coincidentally and uh, i know they do still make it because i recently recommended it to a coworker and and she bought it <laughs> but uh, what were her reviews really she like oh that's all the butter i wanted <laughs> She loved it, but I, I, I just, I, I'm still surprised to this day that it could be like, you know, like a whole different level of butter than other ones. <laughs> you like, you would think that somebody would have just like copied that, but yeah, there's Blasto a very butter. big difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Check better. it out. Okay, um, hit us with some some of your favorite kills, and we'll semi rank them, or we'll just talk through them. Okay, um, I'll start with the second kill, with the first killer that reveals himself at the very beginning, going back to his apartment to talk to his friend, who's also a killer, about his most recent kill. Yep. And then his friend calls him, and he's like, man, don't use that voice. Da, 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 da. And the caller on the other end is actually the killer and not these two other killers. <laughs> And he tells him to check. He plays hot or warm or cold with him in his yep. apartment, which I thought was kind of funny. That was great. And then he gets to the fridge and he finds his like partner completely mutilated in the freezer or in the fridge. It was warm and cold. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, he was a he was a mixture. Um, I thought that was like a funny, interesting take in the beginning, and then he just gets brutally murdered. But I like the lead up to it. I like I like the game. I like when they play games with their films a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, we can call that the um. Uh, warmer, colder kill. Okay, warmer, colder. Did you know, kill. Also, did you know that character? Um, uh, what's his name? Tony something is uh, the kid from Grand Budapest. No, I did not yeah. know that. That's awesome. Huh? Yeah, no idea. Um, so yeah, so warmer, colder. Um, then you have 
Crane, Samara Weaving's character, um, when she or Weaving's character, when she goes into the alleyway, the very first kill, and he just like carves her up and stabs her a lot. Um, we can call yep. that the alley kill, alley cat kill. Yeah, nothing um, super remarkable about the kill there, just other than like not not great on her part to put herself in that yeah. situation <laughs> when she's and she's like a serial killer professor or whatever she's like it's pretty dumb she's like a, a, not even that yeah. she's a, a horror slasher film professor oh yeah that's right because <laughs> he's a film student like they're literally studying yeah. the genre that we're watching and she does that so yeah so that's probably low on the list um but this one is kind of like the okay so then you have sam's therapist uh, Dr. Stone. Mm-hmm. So she she basically tells Sam's like avoiding like everything that's going on with her in her personal life. And then finally she tells him everything and he gets really scared of her. And then she leaves. And then later the killer comes back and stabs him through the glass of his door and like through his nose afterwards. He, like, stabs that should him have in the been face, a 3D one. Glass. Yeah, it wasn't. None of it was like jump. It doesn't really jumped at you, which was kind of like, all right, whatever. But that one was pretty brutal. I think anytime you get like stabbed in a weird place in your face kind of like throws me for a loop a little bit. It's well, little the different. last one, the last one had that like cheek. There might have been a cheek one in this too, but there was one that went like straight through someone's cheek in the in the last one. Oh, I think it's the yeah. dude from 16 Reasons, 13 Reasons, whatever number of reasons. Um, a lot show. of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that the, one was pretty My favorite brutal. part of that kill is that that guy got killed because his reaction to her um you He's know a terrible therapist confidential confidential like forced confession it was mm-hmm. just like un- unrealistic and unprofessional and if I, i'm sure if you threaten to kill yourself or kill someone else then you have to be reported but she was just explaining like psychologically what she was going through she didn't yeah check any boxes of like a danger to society herself. That no, was just, and then he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. sucked. Yeah, he was a terrible therapist. Um, then I like this one, the Bodega Massacre, because it's a little unconventional. You have Ghostface using a shotgun, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of cool. And he just like goes in and just brutally kills people, and then he grabs a shotgun and kills the owner who tried to kill him with it. So you know, I I'll, pretty... I'll give that one points for or I'll his his lack of um efficiency and you know like like he could have easily cornered them and and just blown their heads off but he's normally used to using a knife so yeah the fact that he wasn't like expert with the the gun he was like he had fine aim it's just that scene played out like very unrealistically from like a logistical standpoint i thought oh yeah he would have been able to kill everyone but he could kill him at any point anyway so yeah yeah that's that's a cat and mouse game (laughs) Yeah, so there's that biggest scene, and then we talked about this briefly, but um, the one with the train or the yeah the yeah. underground train where there are like, all the costumes and stuff, and Ghostface is just getting closer and closer to her as the lights flicker. That's probably like, one of my favorites, just because it builds the suspense the most. It's one of the more suspenseful ones. It's not one of the gorier um, kills no. uh, for for practical reason because they are trying to. Um, be somewhat conspicuous or mm-hmm. inconspicuous with uh you know committing a murder and in, in plain view of like hundreds of people so there's not yeah. like over the top um guts flying out 
it's it's just a knife mm-hmm. into the stomach and then her like slowly um uh, crumpling over yep and then one of my favorites which i know we're ranking these but um is the one with her girlfriend when the her name's anika mm-hmm. so mindy's girlfriend she gets she's they're all in the apartment ghostface gets in the apartment um pretty much stabs all of the inner intestines like goes all the way up and she's bleeding out pretty heavily and she has to crawl across this ladder to uh sam's boyfriend's apartment and ghostface gets out and tries to like shake the ladder and she drops and bashes her head against a garbage it's like really brutal that one's like and i like that one because it really surprised me i didn't i thought she was just gonna hit the ground and she just like smashes her head and then you see her face like oh oh kind of speechless so exactly yeah the the secondary like um insult to injury component of that puts it over the top if she would have obviously died anyway (laughs) just Mm -hmm. from the fall um and she was already bleeding out probably um not that that stopped any of the other characters so i guess from surviving yeah she could have survived they all they also say um that you know they they telegraph that a character is going to get decapitated but nobody actually gets fully decapitated do they no one gets a tv on its head yeah, right. no. oh they had they made a joke about it because one of them one of the like, ghost face killers like um museum sculptures gets decapitated That's right it um and then you have another one of my tops would top ones would be when jenna ortega's character has her first kill I mean, she doesn't she completely drops kill him. But down she drops down from with like, a knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She drops yeah. down from the second floor. Her sister like is like, I have to let you go. She Sam's or her sister's like covered in blood, so she's like falling down, and she hands her the knife as she falls, and she like brutally stabs one of the killers, um, which was yeah, pretty. Is it the and that dude? was, and you could tell she like, yeah, Ethan Landry, and you could tell that she like really liked it. You're like, oh, runs in the family. It's in her, so. it's in her blood. Yep. 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 But those, I mean, those are like my top ones, I guess. There's a lot of other kills. I mean, yeah. There's the last one with the detective where he just gets brutally stabbed over and over again. Let's but. pick um. Let's pick a top three or four and and just just rank those. Um, okay. So we have ladder. Sounds like it's in the top. Yeah, ladder train. Yep, hot and cold. Or and hotter. Hot, yeah, I like hot and cold. Hotter, colder. Warmer, colder. Warmer, colder. <laughs> Which I thought was funny too that they didn't use the like the term that everyone uses. It's like okay, that's yeah. different. Um, I guess those would probably be my top three. Okay. Um, if you want to add one, you're welcome to. No, I, I think the first one has the first one is like we're, we could have ranked like opening sequences from the the franchise. So mm-hmm. I think in the context of of being like an isolated sequence, even though it does set up like the character that gets killed was connected to, um, well, obviously everyone's connected to, um, the carpenter <laughs> girls, but, mm-hmm. um, we get Ghostface on the phone. So it's like, you know, um, in, in line, so to speak with, with like the other phone call kills, um, which is fun. Like just the, the tension of the first movie comes from, like Drew Barrymore is on the phone. She's cooking popcorn, blasto butter, perhaps. <laughs> yep, um, probably. <laughs> and 
there's just all these things like then the popcorn starts like smoking and like and meanwhile the it's just it's just orchestrated so expertly this one happens quicker but at least it does have that build up um mm-hmm. to the big re- fridge reveal and then the killer's basically behind him by the time he opens the fridge and, and wins the yep. game yep <laughs> um and then the latter one has the shock value of like you know where the kill is coming from. You think it's coming from falling. Mm-hmm. She's you know she's not going to make it across. Um, but it has the shock value of the kill itself being um, so, or like the gore being surprising. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other and one? Then you the suspend the train. So suspense, yeah. but not much gore or anything. Yeah, it's tough, mm-hmm. actually. They're pretty different. Um... I think just pure kill-wise, I'm going to vote for um, the latter. Like That's yeah. the most brutal, gory, surprising um, kill. Yeah, I agree. I'm good um, with the latter being first. Also, the subway doesn't even freaking count because <laughs> she doesn't die, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, she doesn't die. That's true. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. All right. So ladder wins. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, no one dies except the people that fall on and have their neck snapped by a trash can or dumpster <laughs> or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Giant dumpster. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, now that was fun. Let's see. Um, what else do we want to we want to talk about? Um, since it's a newer movie, we won't be doing all of our um normal topics but what else do we have um do you have a favorite character yeah i'm gonna go with mindy um the horror mm-hmm. I movie expert i think i first know her from the leftovers um oh. if i'm remembering right unless i'm conflating that with yellow jackets um let me see i don't really know her um, yeah she was in the, she was one of the main characters in the leftovers uh, when they went in the in the second season um okay. and then in yellow jacket so i've liked her in a lot of different stuff she has a real kind of like um mystical like quality mm-hmm. to her face <laughs> i don't know how to describe <laughs> it um inviting yeah like she's like cool and and unusual looking a little bit but just something just just draws you in and for that reason i will choose her brother <laughs> oh, oh. Perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll go with Chad Meeks Martin. Um, he's just a good character, and he's fun to watch. He's a good actor. Um, he's handsome. That's cool. Yep. And and he neither, has a, and so neither and Jenna of the Ortega main have a little crush together. No, I actually. So I like Jenna. I think that's just kind of like a given. But I'm not going to choose her. And her sister's fine. I actually get kind of annoyed by her sister's acting a little bit, so I'm not going to pick Interesting. her. Interesting. Do you think yeah. like how how good or important is Jenna to this movie? Mm, not really. I wouldn't question. really call her the star of it. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't really. None of them are really the star to me. I mean, collectively, I guess. But she's yeah. the biggest star. If she dies in the next one. <laughs> it's like she's. I mean, she's the biggest star. But I don't. I don't think she gets like so much more screen time than anyone else. Like yeah. her sister gets more than her. She does. So yeah, her sister's the pro protagonist i mean in a sense like her sister's like driven to protect 
Sam. So, or Sam is driven to protect Tara. Um, mm-hmm. So like you could maybe say that Tara is, is forwarding the plot in that respect, but she's a more passive character. And yeah. I think Jenna is good, but almost to the movie's credit, it doesn't um, focus in too much on any one of them. Uh, the mm-hmm. sister relationship is probably the is the main relationship, but the core four all get there. Yeah, I'll get there. Dude. I also like that Billy Loomis is in it. I like when she talks to her dad. Skeet, skeet. I'm hoping that he's in the next one more. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just like, yeah, like can... his character, and I think it's cool. A cool evil tie. Now that Riverdale is wrapping up, he's gonna have some more free time if he's not already dead on Riverdale. I don't know. <laughs> Are you not watching it anymore? Mm, I no, I'm like two or three seasons behind. I did watch. Um, I know it was still going to be honest. I stopped a while ago. Yeah, it's a lot of nonsense. <laughs> um, oh, okay. But, well, when a movie or when a show is that um, melodramatic and cycles through like plot so quickly it it it's you can get burned out on it yeah yeah um do you want to talk about reviews and stuff like that yeah i'm really curious i didn't read any of these um if you have a summary because like i said i listened to the uh, film cast is the one podcast i listened to and they had a four-person panel and they were all pretty mixed um so i'm curious what the consensus was or is yeah, so 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so it's certified fresh and then a 92% audience score. Oh, okay. Which is really high, which I mean, I agree with. Um, some of the reviews where Scream 6 shows there's still life in the series. And now that a new generation has been given control of the story, I'm curious to see where things go next. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Agreed. And then there's some other ones like. Um, it's all pretty clever, but ultimately not quite clever enough. The current Scream team has themselves too much to do and lack the energy to keep it all in focus. Yeah, I mean, but I think this is someone looking for. I mean, it's a Scream movie at this point. Like, I'm just happy. I just like the way they did it, so I'm not really. Yeah, I mean, when you say it's a Scream it. movie, it's a late period Scream movie. I mean, like yeah. just to, just to show respect to the early movies, which are like, mm-hmm. um trans like you know i uh all-time level horror horror movies um so it's not on that level but it's on the level of everything past you know the second one <laughs> in my <Yeah>. opinion <laughs> so yeah i mean it's yeah. it that's exactly what i was expecting at this point mm-hmm. how's it uh how's it doing this office did you check that out I did, yeah. It was um, the highest grossing movie in the franchise so far, opening weekend, forty-five-ish million dollars, and um, so made more than the previous one. I'm sure that um, basically guarantees we'll get we'll get more. Yeah, obviously she's um, more bankable than than she was Mm -hmm. when the first one came out, and yeah, we'll be. uh, we'll be getting more. I would. I would predict. I'm <laughs> going out on a limb. Did you notice? Did you notice someone dressed as Wednesday at the Halloween party? Because I did. I did not. No, that's clever. <laughs> now you're admitting it was a yeah, Halloween. I didn't party. know. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it was. I just kind of <laughs> forgot about that. I was. I don't know. <laughs> um. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was wondering if there would be someone dressed as Wednesday. And there was one person. Yeah, um, I wish. I'm sure somebody's okay, so done this... a breakdown of all the um. All the iconic characters that appear on the subway as well. That would be fun. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's cool. So, would we consider Scream 6 
new release or old news based on legacy remakes want more <laughs> sequels sequels prequels whatever yeah. she's talking about. i mean I, I normal sometimes we don't do this with new movies but i think it applies yeah more than ever with a, a movie that's been going um since 1996 our franchise that's been going since 1996 um pretty pretty clear i think what our what our answer is going to be here you want to go first uh new release and i want more i want to see the next one and the next one and the next one until i just until that became it 96 okay um, i just needed to check myself um yep yeah i mean well i can they do anything to i don't think they can really do anything to change my opinion of the original or like the only danger in 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 oversaturating the universe is that it somehow like waters down the 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 good ones or you know the legacy of the original and i i mean that could happen but um just don't go to space yeah (laughs) guess what's playing at the hollywood theater in portland tomorrow oh my gosh are you gonna go (laughs) leprechaun 4 not not Uh. jason x but the leprechaun in space movie awesome Perfect for St. Patrick's Day. That makes sense. Exactly. And by tomorrow, I mean four days ago. We time travel. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by tomorrow. Um, so I guess we can't really do how early odds because it is present day. So we can go ahead and... Yeah, we can skip that one. Get past that. But um, each week when you watch a movie, we take something from that movie and sell it for profit in our new release gift shop. What do we want to take from Scream 6? Yeah, so there's a whole um, hall of memorabilia. There's obviously like some kind of riff on the ghost face ghost face mask would be mm-hmm. a way to go. Um We've already sold our faces on masks, right? We yeah, have. Probably three or four okay. different times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again through the ages. <laughs> but what else? Yeah. Mm. Um just trying uh, to there's, think of like... there's the the weapon is an iconic prop. Uh, Do you remember when they used to have they'd have like knives like that and you'd push a button and like blood would go on them? They'd be like in like a plastic clear case. Do you remember that? Yeah, they make, I, like, they might have knives. even had in one of the movies like a lot of, or several of the movies the the knife the fake knives that that go in when you stab someone. Yeah, um, it, it looks like the knife is going in, but it's just going into itself. Um, mm-hmm. but I, but I, I, that's, mm-hmm. I feel like that's more, uh, commonplace. So I do like the ones that, that have like a blood, um, button kit. Yeah. <laughs> blood button knife. Knife with blood button. Um, is there any kind of new release spin we can put on that? Um, oh, it's, what? well, I was thinking like a voice modulate. I mean, almost like a talk boy Ooh. knife. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Talk boy knife. Perfect. That'll go really well with our um man, we have such weird ones. Grab bag with guns, I guess. Or a new release air freshener or our how to yeah, books. So you know, just a if you want to record a um podcast just like new release and you wanna record it in public, you should get your talk boy knife 
and go around and interview people, <laughs> stick it in their face, ask Ooh. them questions, hold the record button, blood will shoot out, and um, that's how you know it's on. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Perfect. Blood, a blood knife, Mike. Blood mic yep. knife. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. All right, on that note, what are we going to watch next week? Next week, we are going to watch a... Um, iconic animated movie from the Japanese animation studio, Studio Ghibli, um, directed by mm-hmm. Hayao Miyazaki. Um, this is like one of one of their most famous movies, and um, it'll be a, a great opportunity to journey into um, a whole different world. <laughs> In theaters this Friday, experience the motion picture phenomenon that has won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film from master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. Critics have hailed Spirited Away an animation triumph. Imaginative, mesmerizing, and hypnotic, it's the film Roger Ebert proclaims a masterpiece. Two thumbs up for Miyazaki's Spirited Away, rated PG, in theaters this Friday. Ooh, All quite right. the difference in the movie we just watched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the movies, Um, I just watched one of his movies, uh, Princess Mononoke, and they're definitely, in Japanese anime in, in general, um, maybe that's a redundant term, is uh usually does have a dark edge so it won't be all um kittens oh i'm gonna cry (laughs) derek's definitely gonna cry yeah yeah there's usually a a, like they're very emotional there is some some weird like um disturbing elements usually um and then lots of natural beauty to look forward to all right sweet i'm excited yeah so um on that note, if you want to join us as we head back to 2003 and bounce around um, between 2003 and 2023 all year long, you can subscribe to the podcast by searching a new release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else podcasts are recorded on Knives. Ashley? That's a stab. Yay! <laughs> Ryan Tyler scored this movie. And Summers. Even Falconer. 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 <laughs> ben. <laughs>